Hey, thanks for taking time to join us this week. My guest on the show today is Joshua or Josh Miller. Josh is a master certified executive leadership coach. He's a LinkedIn top voice. We'll talk about what that badge or accolade means on his LinkedIn profile. He's a best-selling author. He's a TEDx speaker and someone with one of the top 10 LinkedIn learning courses in 2022. So how did all that begin? We'll talk about a serendipitous moment in Josh's past, which led him to leave a VP role in advertising to decide to become a self-employed coach. How's that journey worked out for him? We kind of know the answer, actually. But what was that thinking in his mind? Does it make sense to leave an executive role to go and work for myself in a whole different career. And Josh also has dipped his toes in learning and development. He's done a role at Cora and also at PayPal. It's a really, really wonderful and inspirational story. All of the links in today's episode will, of course, be over at trainingbusiness.com. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, and welcome to the Training Business Podcast. This is the weekly show for self-employed consultants, trainers, coaches, people like you and me. If you're making money or thinking of making money from your experience, your knowledge, your ideas in the form of workshops, courses, books, keynotes. If you're making a living from helping people through the kinds of things I've just mentioned, then this is the podcast for you. Because every Thursday, we have guests on the show to help you with your journey, wherever you are on that journey. I am Mark. I'm a self-employed trainer. I'm a coach, a published author. I've made tons of mistakes. And often the guests that we have open up and explain how they've learned from the kinds of failures, but also successes, and they're willing to share these with you every Thursday on the show. So if you've not yet done so, please click on follow or subscribe to be notified of great episodes as they come out. It costs absolutely nothing every Thursday to get these episodes and takes only a couple of seconds. And if you know other people who would benefit from listening to people who have forged a career or a, a way of life in helping others through their expertise in the form of programs and workshops, then tell them about the show, please. Josh, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Where do I begin? Well, you're someone who's got loads of connections on LinkedIn, and um, you're the author of one of the most popular LinkedIn courses. Um, you're a TEDx speaker. Uh, you've been published in multiple publications, the names of which will drop today during the interview. Yeah. Um, sure. But you're also a coach. And yeah. I think I'd like to start with that. What is the journey that brought you from where you were to realizing I need to coach because it uh, helps me help people with their mindset, skill set, and performance? Yeah, it's a great question. So, um, you know, I started my career in advertising and uh, I came from a creative background, creative family, and it was just something that I naturally gravitated to, towards. And I thought, well, this is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. 
And at the ripe age of around 25, I, I had what is a quarter-life crisis. And it's not a joke. It's really a thing, right? It's not a midlife crisis, quarter-life crisis, assuming that we live to 100. And <clears throat> I had on paper this great career, uh, you know, six-figure salary. I was managing, you know, traveling, managing teams and all this other stuff. And I was absolutely miserable. Had no life, my, my work-life balance, if that was even a thing back then. Um, it just didn't exist. And I realized there had to be something else because I, I just did not feel good. And I wrote about this in my book, but I will give you the short version. Um, I literally fell into coaching. Uh, I was leaving my office one day uh, on a Friday afternoon. It was rush hour. I tripped. I wasn't paying attention. I hit the cement in New York City, in Manhattan, hot summer day. Uh, fractured my nose, uh, bleeding profusely. And the one person out of 8 million people in all of Manhattan who stopped, and and I must have been like semi-unconscious to even take the help of a stranger, was a woman who worked at Deloitte. She was an executive coach. True story. And I started talking to her as, you know, I had all these like tissues stuck in my nose waiting for uh, ambulance to come. And it was that conversation, that interaction, which was so... I, I wasn't coincidental, right? So I don't know. And... That was the the moment that I learned about coaching and really began to realize there's more, there's not only other options out there, there's more that I have in me to give. This was the vehicle to do it. And the more that I listened to her speak and talk about, you know, what she does for a living, it just immediately resonated. There was no pain in my nose, no swelling. All I thought about was how do I do what you're doing? And so our conversation uh, continued until the ambulance came. And then the next day, bandaged face, black and blue eyes, I met her at a coffee shop. We continue speaking. She explained what she does, how she does it, where to get certified. And that was the beginning of my journey of really finding my purpose. And you know, to this day, it is the thing that lights me up, being able to coach people and help people get out of their own way and find themselves and help them define their leadership and their lives personally and professionally. And I think a lot of people, Mark, they forget um, or assume, you know, this is my job. I can't leave it. I can't pursue anything else. I need the security and and understood, right? No one's saying to do anything irresponsibly. Mm-hmm. But I do think when it comes to finding your passion or purpose. They, they could be, they're both two sides of the same coin. It does require a little bit of uncomfortable risk, responsible, but like stepping outside your comfort zone and exploring what lights you up. Because we live in a world right now where, you know, you could pretty much monetize anything uh, if you're excited and passionate about it and it aligns with your beliefs and who you are. And for me, it was coaching. That was the thing that made it for me. Yeah. So you left a high paying job. I mean, you were VP global creative director, for yes. Odyssey, which is one of the big advertising agencies, uh, yeah. clients like Amex, American Express, uh, Coca-Cola and so on. Yeah. And you took a leap into working for yourself. Were there any considerations <laughs> as to, is this the right thing for my family? Oh, yeah. So call it maybe arrogance, right? And ignorance because I was 25 going on 26 at the time. And coaching was relatively new. You know, this was mm-hmm. this is right. This is right before 2099. Um, it was nowhere near as popular as it is today. And so there was still a lot of confusion and and miscommunication around or misinformation around what is coaching, right? Uh, you know, what what exactly is it that you do? And the term at that time that was very popular was life coaching. And to this mm-hmm. day, I really dislike that. I, I just think it's uh, 
it's a label that discredits and I think in some ways is a disservice to coaches because it, it's it's very broad-based and there are a lot of people out there who call themselves life coaches that may not actually be accredited or certified. But I digress. Um, I think what's important is that, to answer your question, I was nervous. Um, I I did, and this is the piece I want people to understand, that if you're going to make a move, do it, do it tactfully, be responsible. I had some money saved up. So I wasn't going into this blindly. Also, coming from uh, you know advertising marketing, I already had an idea of how I was going to market myself. Um, and again, I'm probably aging myself a little bit, but this is before you know the internet had really been booming. This was before you know there were websites out there. So I had to get really creative, and this was a challenge because how do you get two people right? So a lot of it was networking. Being out there, being being uh, visible, but the other part was leveraging what I already had. And for people who are listening, thinking, "Hmm, well, you know, I, that sounds great, but I can't do that." Or, "I, how, where do I begin?" The first place to always begin is to look within, and I don't necessarily mean within yourself, but I mean within your network, professional or social. There are always people in your lives that should be supporting you and should be ready and hopefully willing to help you get to that next level or next chapter. And if if not, then that's another conversation, right? You may need to, you know, reevaluate where you're spending your time. But for me, I leveraged the connections and the relationships I had from the corporate world in advertising when I segued into coaching. Was it easy? No, absolutely not. Uh, but was it doable? Yes. It took persistence, persistence, persistence. Forget about commitment, just being persistent. Yeah. And what are the things that, um, I mean, you've gone on to become a, a, um, a TED speaker. Yeah. You've um, been a contributing writer to a lot of well-known publications, including sure. uh, Forbes and so on. Uh, yeah. All those things, the book, um, the exposure in, in broadsheet media, you know, big, big name yeah. media. What is the yeah. thing that really brought you to the attention of a paying public? Not just people who think, hey, this is great. Josh is a great guy, but I'm going to spend money and uh, yeah. get coached or helped by him. You know, it's a really good question that no one has ever asked me in 20 plus years. No one's ever asked that specific question. So you're going to have to give me a minute because you just threw a little loop for me here. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, I think part of it is the accolades and the marketing, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I'd be lying if I said that wasn't part of it. But I think in order for you, anyone, right, to achieve any kind of invitation to do a speaking event or an endorsement or an accolade of some kind, um, you've got to you've got to put in the work. You know, I think nowadays people want the rewards without putting in the work. And so I don't think it's necessarily one thing. I think it's a culmination of the character of who I am and just my commitment to what I do. Mark, I want to be of service to as many people who are open to receiving my coaching. That's not going to be everybody. And I, I'm clear on that. But the ones that I've engaged with um, have found value. And they go out and they share their value with other people. And that's that's the answer, right? That's how it's worked for me is that people always ask, how do you do your marketing? What's your marketing plan? What's your funnel? And I don't get into all the specifics, but what I'll tell people is that the best way for you to market yourself, especially as a coach, but really in any, any business is your customers, your clients, the people you serve. If you're doing right by them, they will do right by you. And that's pretty much been my formula for success, if you will, over the last two decades 
is really paying close attention to um, who are the people that I coach, who are the companies and organizations that are looking for uh, me or the type of coaching that I do, and then serving them to the best of my ability and making sure that there's value. In addition to that, of course, it doesn't hurt to be <laughs> published in... Um... Yeah, so I, I play that down, right? I, I You yeah. know, <laughs> I think it's important to recognize that we live in a world right now where anybody can publish themselves. Anybody mm. can make themselves True. a self-proclaimed, you know, the word that drives me up the wall is influencer. Even LinkedIn doesn't use that word anymore. Um, That's true, actually, know, yeah. Voice is now yeah, the thing, isn't it? Voice. It, it? Correct. It's a top voice, and that was an intentional yeah. uh, decision by them. Um, the term influencer is, to me, is as bankrupt as saying the word authentic, right? Uh, and depending on the, the, the context. I, I think the reality here is that we live in a world where everyone's competing for eyeballs uh, and listening, and yeah. you've got a very short time to get someone's attention. So everyone can be a published author now, right? The question is, are you a bestseller? Or is it New York Times? Is it Amazon? Is it Wall Street Journal? And then the question, honestly, Mark, is does it matter? And that's, that's actually where I am in the conversation because you can publish all these things, but is anyone reading it? You know, I've met people who are brilliant in different walks of life uh, throughout the years of my, my professional career. And you've never heard of these people. And these are not no-name people. They're just people that haven't marketed themselves. They could have easily written a book, published it themselves, or had someone publish it. So I think the, the, the reality here is that, yes, I have been very fortunate. I've worked very, very hard and smart to achieve certain things. Um, but anybody can publish uh, a book if they wanted to. But what I would offer up is ask yourself, are you publishing this for you? Is it purely just a marketing piece within your larger funnel? And that's fine if it is. Uh, but if it's not, then you know, really take the time to consider who your audience is. The biggest challenge people have with writing books, and I see this all the time, and writing in general, um, is they're not you. You can tell pretty quickly depending on where you're reading it. They don't know their audience. It's they're just it's too, way too broad. Mm-hmm. And there's a variety of reasons why people do that. Often they're, they don't know any better or they're hoping to attract a larger audience. And um, personally, I believe that you should narrow down and take the time to figure out your niche and who your audience is and then do some research on what the topics are and then target those, target those individuals, that audience. Because that's how you become not just published, but you become visible um, and credible. And I think credibility is probably the word I've been searching for in this, in this conversation is you know, anybody can publish, but are they credible? You have the accolade of top executive coaching voice on your LinkedIn profile. Now, yeah. um, LinkedIn, as everyone knows, isn't uh, perhaps the most straightforward of platforms. There's so many bells and whistles and things that we don't sure. see or we take advantage of as users. Um, I'm curious how that accolade was given to you because I'm sure there are people thinking, how does someone earn that or deserve that? Yeah. And why is it there? (laughs) Well, it's there because they gave it to me, but it's uh, to answer your question, um, LinkedIn, the answer is predicated on what LinkedIn originally started off and what it was about, which is engagement, engaging in, um, again, not blindly engaging, but targeted engagement with people and audiences. So, um, 
I've had a relationship with LinkedIn for over a decade. Um, I've worked closely with them both as a LinkedIn uh, uh, LinkedIn learning author, and I've worked with them on different initiatives and programs and campaigns. Um, so I'm familiar with the with the platform in, in a variety of different ways, but that's not why I was given uh, a, a top voice. It's because of the engagement. It's the value that I am providing across the platform as a coach. So it is recognized by LinkedIn. And you could take that same um, uh, philosophy, if you will, that I just shared for anyone who's listening. And if you're on LinkedIn and you are X, Y, or Z, depending on what you are, and, and is you could go do the same thing. It's, it's a measure of the value that you provide. And I think that's the piece that is often missed because people are so quick to be seen and to be heard that they're so busy trying to find the spotlight and stay in it that they don't always provide value to other people. That's so true. <laughs> I, it really is. And yeah. look, and, and I'm not looking for the spotlight. I mean, maybe I'm at a point in my career where, you know, I, it's, I'm not going to say no to accolades and I am definitely working on some big projects in the background. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm really leaning in more than ever to, am I providing value to this person? That is kind of my mantra professionally. If, if I am not, then the question is, what am I doing? If we think of um, the, the breakthroughs again, perhaps particular organizations you've worked with, I mean, looking at your yeah. profile, you've, worked, um, you've done some work with PayPal. Um, mm-hmm. You've gone back into business actually, and mm-hmm. almost like a, in residence, if you will. <laughs> And then yeah. come back out again. Um, I'm sure that's kept you sharp. If we think of the kinds of things, if you look back and say, I'm glad I did that. And I wish yeah. I did more of that. What, what is that thing? <clears throat> that's another great question. Um, well, I think you, you just touched on it. I think it's important to embed, if you're a coach, um, and it's not for everybody, but mm-hmm. you don't want to become linear. You don't want to become a, a, a one-trick pony, if you will. It's really important to be upskilling excuse me, and to develop your, your craft. Um, I meet coaches all the time who are experts in very, in one specific thing. There's nothing wrong with that. They're great. They're masters of their domain, but there are many other domains. And I think it's important to hone your skill set, no matter what you do for a living. So jumping or going or embedding internally, externally, working in other companies, different industries with embedded with different teams, understanding different cultures, um, examining norms, um, policies, procedures, talent development. You know, I could go on. This is what has helped me evolve into the coach that I am today. I, my personality is that I am just naturally curious and, and a creative individual. Um, so I'm constantly looking at everything from art to fashion to automobiles to technology, um, to brain science, uh, to fast food, consumer packaging. All of this influences how I coach. Oh, stand up comedy. One of the biggest things I love is watching stand up comedians. They're the best storytellers. Whenever I'm working with somebody on public speaking, I'll give them a list of three or four comedians and specifically watch these clips. If you want Were to you know ever tempted to. to do any stand up yourself, Josh? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was on my, my coach, I think probably, you know, probably about eight or nine years ago. Uh, she was encouraging me to have that as a goal of mine for the upcoming year to do a stand up. And uh, I, I, 
avoided that. Thankfully, I dodged it. But she's, she'll probably <laughs> hear this and then she's going to put it back on my list. Yeah, it is terrifying, but that's part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, metaphors and cliches aside, it's stepping outside your comfort zone. It's finding your voice. Um, but it's also finding, it's finding, uh, the word I use is range. You know, this is a word I've been using a lot uh, recently with coaching is that we all have a range. There's mm-hmm. a there's comfort level, right? But there's a range in which we show up. There's a range in which we speak. There's a range in which we are we will allow ourselves to love uh, or to listen or to be present. And when you do stand-up comedy, you will find your range very quickly. Like there's no hiding. There's just, even if it's in front of three people. Um, so yeah, stand-up comedy is something I love to have people watch and observe. Uh, But for me, no, you're not going to see me headlining in Vegas or anywhere anytime soon. I mean, it's been said to me quite a few times, Mark, take an improv course. Trainers should do improv. And I thought, why? They should. And someone else said, you know, if you can do something which is um, therapeutic, uh, Mm -hmm. build your empathy with people, that's a good skill to have. Thinking of your point here about broadening, you know, reach mm-hmm. and depth, and and um, th- the skill set that you have to to hone your craft as a as a people expert, a coach, trainer, a facilitator. Yeah. Improv has been said to me a number of times now, and I'm thinking there must be something <laughs> to it. Where if there you're is. able to pivot, uh, to use that word, in a situation yeah. where something's thrown at you, the course you're doing goes off uh, kilter, or the person you're coaching throws a wobble or something like that unexpected how do you deal with that on the spot yeah the the transferable skills that you learn mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me uh doing stand-up comedy is is the value that you get is is unmatched so everything you just mentioned navigating uncertainty change management right um the ability to self-deprecate to deal with humility uh, you know, all of those skills are critical skills for the next decade on. That's been noted everywhere. What I, what I am actually present to and listening to you speak, to go back to one of the earlier questions you had asked me around, you know, how am I able to, how, was, how have I been able to achieve certain level of success or, or accolades? I allow myself to not just observe what's going on around me. I allow myself to take it in. There's a difference there. So I've had events in my life that have been um, really, really meaningful and, and, and in, in tough ways. Losing my father to terminal cancer when I was 19 years old, really difficult for me. Knowing that he is going through chemotherapy while I'm going through my last year of college, barely getting by because my brain and my mind and my heart is somewhere else, right? That's just one. Then watching him, you know, my... It, it, you know, struggle and, and pass away, you know, I could have blocked that out and, and been in denial and rightfully so, you know, there was a grieving process. But the reason I'm sharing that is because we all have these moments in our lives, these pivotal moments that we either let in and we process and we learn about ourselves or we shut it out. Mm. And I think it's really, really important. I know it's really, really important that if you want to be good at whatever you're doing, you know, whether it's, you know, developing your emotional intelligence and things of that nature, but just in general, experience the life around you, the life that you are taking place and that is happening around you. It's really, really important to let it in and to uh, absorb what shows up for you. This is how we evolve. 
This is how we grow. It's not just reading books and taking classes and getting degrees and watching TED Talks. It's also experiencing life, not on your phone, not on the internet. Go experience life. And I think that's something that we've forgotten. And it's really important because it is the building blocks to who we are today. And we all have them. We've shut out a lot of them. I talk to people all the time. And so much of what coaching can be is therapeutic. It's not therapy, but we unmask. We get to the root cause of right why people are conditioned to do certain things. This is not about habits per se. This is just about our psychological makeup and the experiences we had. I think it's really important to highlight that for the listeners that you know, if you're looking to develop yourself, whether it's in the field you're in or move into a different field, take some time to really reflect on who you are and the, the, the moments in your life, the milestones that have made you who you are today. Really, really important because yeah. that's something yeah. that everybody has. Particularly relevant when you're trying to relate to people um, yeah. who are going through something and you're their coach, you're their mentor or something like that. I'm, I'm curious as well. And thank you for sharing that because that, yeah. that, um, that, shines a light on who you are and, and your values, Josh. Thank you. If you, if we talk about your niche, your mm-hmm. area, and it's quite clear on your profile, I set up Fortune 500 emerging and senior leaders for future success by upgrading their mindset, skill set, and performance so they sure. can lead with purpose. How long did it take you, one, to say, that's what I want to do, and two, to get that credibility where people as Fortune 500 leaders emerging and existent, um, mm-hmm. said to you, you're the coach for me? So it's two questions. It um, is. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. The first, well, it took me forever to come up with that writing, first of all. Uh, I think I was doing that from the beginning. I just didn't have the language. I didn't have the words for it. Mm-hmm. So you could argue it took me 20 plus years to find the words to fulfill my purpose. Now, the other part of the question, I was fortunate. Um, and I wanna I wanna be very clear. This is something my coach pointed out to me a long time ago. There's a difference between being lucky and fortunate. A lot of times people are like, oh, I'm just lucky, or they were lucky. Luck is just that, right? There's not a lot of you having to be intentional or take action. Fortunate, there's an imp- there's an implication. It implies that you have taken some action and something worked out. Uh, sure, there's been some luck, but I've been fortunate. I leveraged, as I mentioned earlier, my connections, the relationships that I had with Fortune 500 companies uh, from my advertising days so that when I segued into um, coaching in a more formal tradition, uh, I had these relationships that I could talk to. Now, did they all just say, Josh, great, uh, we're going to hire you to come in and work with our company? Absolutely not. That never happens. That's very rare. Uh, what they said was, for the longest time, this is a true story, they said, will you keep working on our brand and making logos and commercials for us? And I said, no, that's not what I do. They said, but that's that's who you are. I said, that's not who I am. And it took me about a year to two years to really shift the listening of the, of the people around me that I'm no longer an advertising creative guy. I'm a coach. And I think that's really important to answer your question. The other piece is that I finally continue to continue talking to these individuals in the, in the corporate America and sharing with them who I am and what I do and give them a taste of it. And eventually they gave me the opportunity. 
right? And you hear these stories all the time about, you know, it didn't come overnight. You had to work at it. I had to work at it. I had to shift their listening so they saw the value of who I am as a coach, not as an advertising person. And eventually someone gave me, you know, my break. And that's how it all started. I worked one-on-one with a corporate uh, C-suite executive and they loved the work that I did. And then that translated into more work within that organization and then word gets around. And so for people listening, you know, and you're frustrated or you're not seeing the results, first of all, don't give up. Because as soon as you do, the next person behind you who's not giving up is going to continue moving forward. The second thing is, is that it just takes that one moment, that one person who's going to believe in you and give you an opportunity to show your value and worth. And then it's up to you to capitalize on that. And that's what I've done over the years. That's so true. It could just be someone asking you to write an article for something or so, give a keynote on something. It's just that one thing that that becomes the crest of a wave that carries you forward into something else. That's it. History is paved with stories like that from all industries. And Mm. it's typically, here's the thing, it's typically the thing that you're asked to do that you don't want to turns out to be the best choice, right? (laughs) It's that speaking event in some cold you know, state in the middle of the winter you don't want to do or whatever it may be. And that turns out to be the thing that changes everything. So, you know, never say never. Brilliant. Um, Josh, where can people find out more about you? The easiest place is on LinkedIn. Um, you can go to LinkedIn, find me there, follow me there. Uh, I have a um, I have a newsletter called Something Silly and Something Serious. It's uh, very much my personality. It's a very quick read. Um, and you can also go to my website. It's Josh, middle initial H, Miller, joshhmiller.com, or go to LinkedIn and you can find me there. One of those two places. So we'll provide all links, of course, in today's episode over at trainingbusiness.com. Josh, thank you so much for sharing so many personal things. That was really, really compelling and um, yeah, deeply inspiring, actually. Thank you for being my guest on the show today. Uh, the honor is mine. Uh, thank you. You've asked me some some brilliant questions that I've never been asked. And you, you, you had me really kind of look in more to my heart than my head to answer them. And I appreciate you and uh, for having me on the show. So thank you so much. My thanks to Josh for being my guest today on the show. And you can find out more about the things that Josh mentioned by visiting trainingbusiness.com. We'll, of course, provide links to all resources and things that Josh mentioned, including his website, which is joshhmiller.com. That's joshhmiller.com. Sincere thanks to you for taking time to listen to this week's episode. My team, Sam, Joe, James, Turul, Ignasi, Christina, and I really appreciate your loyalty and your time. And if you've got value from this, please tell other people and subscribe to be notified of great episodes as they come out every Thursday for free on your podcast platform of choice. Until next Thursday, look after yourself, keep going. Any questions or suggestions, feel free to drop me a line. As always, my email address is Mark at trainingbusiness.com. Until Thursday, take care. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.